Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburrow and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. This week we're going to talk about theology. What is it? Why do we do it? And how? Hey, welcome everyone. So uh, it's Richard here and I'm sat here with Ryan. Hello. And we've got the two theology nerds together. (laughs) And so here's a bit backstory. We've got our next semester at AJC College starting next week, is it? Oh my. I think that's so. That's a bit of a, sh- a shocking <laughs> revelation. I think so I we should go. know that. Okay, bye. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, by the way, we just launched um, a, a whole new website. Um, it's kind of interesting. A few student stories. Like, yeah, different angle, different insight. So you should check it out if you've not looked at it before and, and share it and stuff like that. And let us know what you think of it. But that's an aside. Uh, but one of the things we got going on is we've got to the stage where it's like time to do intro to theology as a class, which is like a standard you would expect, you know, in a sort of, I don't know, weird mix of apprenticeship, Bible college and school and ministry that, that this program is that's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ryan's teaching it. Um and a little bit to my chagrin because I'm like, oh, I really wanted to do that one <laughs> as well. So we've kind of, we've been talking a lot about this and we've been talking about, um, you know, like as we introduce people to theology, because we're theology nerds, theologies, it's woven into the fabric of like our lives, the way we um, engage Jesus, our spirituality, it's, it's ubiquitous to us. Um, but that's after loads of years of, you know, picking it up and handling it and playing with it and doing stuff with it. Uh, and, and so we're thinking, okay, so as we introduce people to theology, you know, I think there's loads of ideas people might have about what theology is and why we do it. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting one to step back. And yeah, and so it struck us like, oh, you know, on the podcast, I don't think we've ever had that conversation, actually. It's a really interesting, you know, as we've been chatting away about this. Yeah. It's like, maybe we should just we should record this conversation. And so uh, so I'm not quite sure where to start. I Probably defining, that's the good, the teacher in us will come yeah. out here. So we're like, okay, so if we're going to discuss theology, that's what is theology, which is easy. Ology is the study of and theos, God, yes, so grand, study yeah, of God. Um, but it's got, as a discipline, its peculiarities. Uh, because it it's narrower than just yeah like anything where you're pursuing god can be theology mm-hmm. well maybe maybe it would be nice to think of it that way but we've probably got something a bit more of like a known discipline in hand of like there's a there's normal ways of doing it there's yeah. a, there's some questions people think are key and yeah things like that so so next week just put, pile the pressure on you, Ryan. What are you going to say to the students when they're like, so what's theology then? Yeah. Um, so Put uh, you on the spot. I hope you're prepared for that. Uh, aside, <laughs> aside from the uh, definition, which I've discovered in, in trying to read books 
to think through of like, okay, what, what good intro to theology book would I want the students to read? I found that um, I think it's a rule from all publishers that if you're going to write an intro to theology textbook, you must start the entire book with the same sentence, which is that theology is theos, God, and ology, the study of. Every single book started yeah. that way. And I was like, well, I guess no matter which one I pick, the definition but will be done for me. But then almost anything counts, <laughs> yep. doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, it's kind of not that useful. Yeah. So, so, so the classic, is, so we could do this by example. Like, mm. does reading your Bible count as doing theology? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well. Well, you're hesitating because <laughs> I would want to hesitate too. Because I'm like, yep. well, it probably depends how you're reading it and what you're doing with what you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it's that uh, I want I want to stick with the idea that to some degree, definitely all Christians, I would even go so far as to say all people, whether you believe in God or not, are theologians. Um, the the real difference maker is whether you're a good one yeah. um, or not. And what and that usually comes from whether or not you are a conscious theologian or subconsciously or completely unconscious well not unconscious yeah. i mean i suppose yeah. you could be doing theology while unconscious but yeah um, um we've all had dreams like yeah that. i've had or, a lot of or those maybe dreams. not we all you and i yeah. have had yeah, exactly. dreams like that it all depends on the book you fall asleep I wrote reading awesome book. to if only i could remember that's that seemed like that was really yeah, good yeah. yeah so um so yeah so so in that way then i i do think scripture reading in some ways doing theology. I mean, you are thinking theologically and probably putting some pieces together about what you believe based off of what you're reading. And so therefore you're making um, kind of whether in your own head or out loud, you're making theological statements. So in that way you're doing theology. Um, But at the same time, that's so, so broad. Um, And so it's, that's where the hesitation comes from. saying It's almost like what counts as church. Yeah. You know, like if, if the, the whole heavens, all of creation proclaims God's glory. You can be preached to literally anywhere, anytime in, in a way, yep. you know, yeah. um, it's just the narrowing of it is helpful, but, but it is, I think the study of that sort of theology, um, it invites a sort of, like critical not critical in terms of like oh i'm going to be cynical or something but like i'm going to examine like i'm going to consider i'm going to think through i'm going to try and join up my thoughts about god yeah um and so yeah it's it's a little bit of a difference of like you know i might read my bible and there might be a phrase there that provokes something in me mm-hmm. and it could be like the spirit just reminding me of something or um, or like it sometimes could be like a mnemonic, like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing someone or a song or something and that made me feel, oh, and that reminds me, you know. So there can be like a, a knock-on effect as I engage scripture where sort of spiritual things in my life plus the spirit can, you know, that uh, interaction between me and the Bible, it can give birth to ideas thoughts emotions you know all sorts of things but when we're doing theology it's i guess we're we're searching for answers yeah and and the the twist on it is that i don't just want to remember stuff i want to this it's almost like the stuff to be discovered yeah although i want to 
that's another I would hesitate about the word <laughs> discover given some other stuff I'm sure we'll talk about but yeah. and what I'm discovering I want to join up with what I discovered yesterday and the day before and mm-hmm. uh, it's like trying to build a, a picture yeah you know and so it's um yeah so it's, a, it's a, a a discipline of sort of discovering yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting it's close to the discipline of study mm-hmm but I'd, I'd say the same sort of thing. You know, you can study by like, I'm just going to like study the background to the Bible book. So when I read them, I have a clear idea what the author is really saying. Yeah. And, you know, I can study commentaries and you can even like read theology books. But yeah. doing theology is this act of like, yeah, I feel like I've got some questions some of which I probably just carry into this experience with me because I care about them because of how my life has gone. And some of them I've discovered are actually, because some of the stuff you discover is which questions matter the most. Yep. And then I'm actually trying to land the plane mm-hmm. on like, not what I think, which sounds like subjectivism, <laughs> but in a way it is. It's what I think, but with a posture of like, I'm kneeling before the, the scriptures and the spirit and the church yeah. and saying, you know, I want to internalize because there's a way of doing all of these study activities and someone saying, well, what do you think? And just saying, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, you haven't really done any theology yet. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you've got yep. the raw materials. It's like, you know, you went shopping and you bought the ingredients, but you haven't actually cooked a dish yet. Yep. Like yeah. doing theology is you've got to get around to cooking the dish. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and on some of those things of like what theology entails too, of like it, it's asking the big questions and you want to connect it to the th- questions you were asking the day before and the day before. This is one of the reasons why it used to be considered that theology was the queen of the sciences. Yeah. Because theology was considered a, a science um, in the sense that uh, of like it, they're involved study and, and actually trying to answer questions and and research and search through these things to answer those questions but it was the queen of the sciences because it was and asking and answering the the queen of all questions the, the the big ones the the ones that were going to shape uh the way in which you viewed the world around you and the way in which you viewed how you existed in that world around you um and it was going to also because we believed that uh because we do believe that that all things and all truth is God's truth or whatever, then it's also going to naturally entail having to go to the other sciences. You know, there's going to be um, necessarily some psychology questions that you might ask as you do theology on what the human person is or whatever. You're going to ask some psychological questions about that. So you're joining up, now you're necessarily joining up these other sciences in your task of doing theology, but theology is still the queen of those sciences because it's, getting at the broader, bigger, yeah. mother load kind of questions. Which is a definitely, like, there's a way of doing it right. Like, if you're doing it right, then being more theological as a person in your relationship with yourself, with God, your church, all these things, that should reach out to, like, your neighborhood, your workplace, your, like, the, the scope of the difference it should make should be all-encompassing. Um, if it's like, um, yeah, I, I've I've studied and done loads of theology, but it only ever makes a difference to those few times in your life someone asks you like a Bible nerd question. Yeah, then it's like, well, 
you know, that's, I don't know. I don't even know what the analogy would be. Like knowing something really obscure about Bell's inequalities in quantum mechanics. Like that is really interesting. (laughs) But, you know, it's not going to affect how I treat my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just like I'm going to get asked about that three times in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting. But it's not a difference maker. Yeah. And that's... So there's a phrase we've often used around the college, actually, of like when we're teaching um, theology is to always try to get to the so what. Mm-hmm. It's like, if there's no so what, then we've got a question like, are we asking the right question? Because sometimes yeah. you might just be asking a bad question and be like, oh, I don't think this really matters, which mm-hmm. the Bible talks about. Like, you know, there were people in parts of church history who were getting like lost in questions about stuff that wasn't really what was supposed to be in the foreground. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but there, but there ought to be a so what. So if you're mm-hmm. asking a good question and, and you're like, okay, so why does this matter? And you can't answer that question other than, well, it's really interesting. Yep. Then it's like, oh, you're kind of missing the purpose. That's like learning a ton about how to play guitar but not picking it up and playing it or mm-hmm. buying the ingredients just to put it in the refrigerator until they go off and you have to throw them away. <laughs> Like yeah. we we understand the tragedy of those kind of yeah. situations, but there's a tragedy of which is interesting because theology teaching it like an introduction to theology, you're giving people the tools to do some question asking and putting ideas yeah. together and this stuff, right? But there's this heart and character stuff you need to apprentice people into. What's the actual quest here? Yep. And and w- yeah, what kind of character do you want to be in this? Yeah, which is. It's really and different. It, yeah, and I, I think that's so important because I think one of the things that people often think about when they think of theology is they think of this really distant sort of heady, like they think of like really high like scholastic sort yeah, of like yeah. ethereal questions that your head are in the clouds but your feet are never on the ground and uh, it's almost a way to escape reality of what's really going yeah. on. It's just to ask these big questions that will never actually matter. It's like those times in a youth group where some kid's like, oh, so could God create a mountain so heavy? He could? And everyone's like, yeah. oh, that that's doesn't make a difference That's what people think about morning. when they think of theology <laughs> yeah. is like, I'm not sure that that's going to have any effect on my life uh, in any way. But that's so sad because that's so distant from what theology has ever been about or ever should be about um, or what actually studying theology will do. Um theology is necessarily one a search for wisdom and and the ultimate wisdom the wisdom of of christ and and living into a life with christ um and thinking through the world and how to live in it rightly and how to love what the greatest command of loving god and loving your neighbor well theology will get to that like it will necessarily affect the way you think about what it is to love god how to love god and part of loving God is knowing God. So you're getting to know God by doing theology. And as you answer those questions and get to know God more, it helps you understand how to love your neighbor like God loves your neighbor. Yeah. So it immediately gets to those uh, that greatest command and how to truly live the Christian life. So theology, I think, is actually first and foremost about discipleship and spiritual formation. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you say about formation because that makes me think about I mean, I was just thinking of the verse in Peter of uh, like everyone should be ready, like equipped to give an answer to people who ask mm-hmm. you a question about the the Christian hope. Yeah. And so it sort of presumes you're going to be living life in a way that's going to elicit questions, you yeah. know, from people that so you 
you know, yeah, there's a big discipleship. That could be a whole podcast on that verse. That's like a real convictor, that verse. Totally. But, um, yeah, in the... Like, the questions are going to come. I'm thinking about, like, all the years I did, like, college ministry and how many times I'd watch students go off to do theology degrees and come back almost, like, wide-eyed and, like, man, I feel rattled. Like, my, my faith, my walk with Jesus feels uncertain. Um, and how many parents... Um, are like oh, man, I'm not sure. Like he really wants to go do theology. She really wants to go do theology. I'm not sure. Like what's it going to do to them? Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, but you know, a theologian in a classroom is going to ask this question, or at some point the world's going to ask you these questions. Yeah, like you can't avoid these questions. Um, like sooner or later they're going to come, and there's this sort of preparedness where this is. It's not just asking the questions for question's sake, but in recognition that as we do kingdom work and try to go kick down the gates of hell and like take ground for the gospel, yeah, um, there is going to be pushback. Mm-hmm. Like the the brokenness within us, the fleshliness, the desires that are misaligned, the th- the thoughts that don't see the world the way it really is, that think the storyline is different than what God actually says it is, like all of that, we're we're going to bump into it unless we do the version of Christianity that's like, well, I'll stick my head in the sand and mm-hmm. and church just becomes another way of making myself feel comfortable yeah. while I live out my days, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing that, you're going to get the challenges. Exactly, yeah. And so... Then theology isn't just like, a, oh, so it's a really cool thing for like the super Christians to do. Now it's like a discipleship formation thing. Like, wow, what a tool to like in terms of formation, like go get ahead. Yeah. Go pursue the challenges that aren't happening to you yet. But yeah. like fill yourself with preparedness mm-hmm. to face uh, face up to the world. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think that theology is... Um, well, like I said, first and foremost about spiritual formation and discipleship, but then is also um, first and foremost done in the church. Um, it's often been assumed and and often just been the necessary fact that the where you go to do theology is a Bible college or uh, a seminary, um, somewhere distant from the church, maybe having some light connections to a local church or something, but... Uh, it's primarily done in the academy, but the church is where theology should be done and learned and practiced and um, thought about greatly um, because the church is not called to be a place where people can come to stick their head in the sand from the world around them, but is a place to to come and be built up, come together as the body of Christ and and learn about theology and think about these things so they can go out into the world and be culture makers out there um, prepared to answer those questions that Peter was talking about, like you're going to be asked. And so, um, you know, we, that's, yeah, that's why the church needs to be doing theology. That's why we have like the house of learning ministry and things like that is because we firmly believe in that here. Yeah. um, And, and want to, to be a resource for people in that way. Yeah. It's, 
we we kind of morphed really quickly from the what the theology is into why we <laughs> do it but that's okay because i think <laughs> it, it helps define it i'm just thinking you know as we have said you know theology can help you realize what the important questions are and so this is interesting if you were to uh, i don't know think about a, a stereotypical way of getting into theology so like this was a classic for me young christian no idea about anything you know i'm a, like some soul survivor concert you know enjoying matt redman leading worship and stuff like that and then there's bookstall and there's a giant systematic theology book it's like it's like 1500 pages and you're like well it'd probably be good to read that you know and mm -hmm. So then the questions that matter are like, is God omnipresent? Is God omnipotent? Is he omniscient? Yeah. What's the doctrine of salvation? What's the doctrine? Of, you know, so yeah. there's just like typical chapters in a theology book yes. we might expect, which lots of Christians, if you've been around church and Christianity for a while, you'll be able to guess what some of those classic things are. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, you know, given what we've said, I guess there's a twofold question. One is like, what are the, what are the interesting questions? What are the important questions? But another is like, what are some of the things people think theology is really focused on that actually maybe they're like a part of the journey, but they're not the things that are going to inspire you. Because I think there are loads of people who, if you think theology is, can God make a mountain that so yeah. big that kind of be, or some, you know, some question like that, that whatever version of that people have. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other one, the classic one is, you know, so what about predestination? Well, there's just yep. things yeah. that theology, know, like you and I would be like, oh, that's fun. But <laughs> we know 99% of people in a room would always be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, when I mean, you get the point. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what are some of the top things? That yeah. Um, well, uh, I actually agree, and I don't always agree with uh, him, but I agree with John Calvin. Um, <laughs> on uh, he he starts off his uh, institutes uh, of the the Christian religion, um, which is basically uh, his big systematic yeah. theology, and kind of one of the first really robust that we still have um, in full like systematic theologies ever really yeah. written. Um, oh, and we should like quick definition. So theology is lots of different branches. Yeah. But systematic theology is all about, okay, let's go like pursue a bunch of questions and answers mm -hmm. and then try to make the answers like let's check and make sure it fits together. Yep. Yeah. And to so try and systematically is like, work these things together yeah, in, yeah. in a cohesive order and a thoughtful pattern of recognizing what affects what and can we believe in this and this at the same time. Yeah. Or are there problems? So yeah, yeah. So and he he starts off basically uh, recognizing that to think rightly about God, we need to also think rightly about man. But in order to think rightly about man, we need to make sure we're rightly thinking about God because we're made in God's image. But at the same time, if we don't rightly think about man, then we might accidentally mess up and make God in our own image and reverse the order that it's supposed to be in. So we have to kind of be trying to answer. Uh, what would be called like the theology proper questions or the questions about God himself. Um, and then thinking about those questions about theological anthropology or what does it mean to think about humanity in a theological way. We need to kind of be answering those questions. So I think those are two of the most uh, important kind of expected chapters or kind of uh, 
topics that we would uh, uncover and really mm-hmm. like to think about when thinking theologically. Yeah. And it's interesting when it comes to those what's God like questions. Um, again, the stereotypical, uh, you know, if you've not opened a theology book, you might expect like, oh, there's going to be a chapter about omnipotence, omniscience, you know, the, yeah. the omnis and some fairly abstract categories. Um, but really, you'd expect a huge chunk of the material to actually be about like, okay, so what's go- so if God's love, what's that love like and how's yeah. God like it? Yeah. If God's faithful, like what's faithfulness and how's he like it? You know, so actually mm-hmm. um, you're talking about understanding the characteristics, the motives, the desires, the like, how does God act? Like, what does he generally do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because it's, it's really easy. I, um, I guess this is maybe where theology involves us leaning into a sort of humility of like, well, I don't want to presume that God's love. And yeah. therefore, when you say, well, okay, now give me some expectations then. If mm-hmm. God's loving, what would you expect to see happen in the world? Yeah. You know, well, like, mm-hmm. you know, if I haven't examined, you know, well, when God says he's loved, does he have the same idea of love in mind as the one I'm just carrying around with me? Yep. You know, which as a Christian is going to be a mixture of like pop culture, Disney movies, the Bible, <laughs> yep. you know, like yeah. sitcom, yeah, a whole mix of stuff. And so, yeah, it's there's a sort of carefulness that theology requires. And, and so that is where I think there is a level of you've got to embrace the nerdiness a little bit. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if you're understanding what theology is, it's not the sort of thing that you can just be like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll listen to like three or four podcasts or read, you know, a short 80 page. What's theology book. And like, I'll, I'll just think about it a bit. And that's, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about a discipleship pursuit of really wanting to take the way you think and have it purified and formed. Yeah. So like the picture of reality, the concepts you use to understand who you are, who God is, what the world's like, all of that stuff. It's literally, and this is where it's like the queen of the sciences, but it means that what's on the table that's up for examination is literally everything. Yeah. And so... it's daunting in a way, mm-hmm. but you have to remember like God, he, you know, he doesn't expect us to all be geniuses. And one of the things that's beautiful about God is he never says, okay, you're on a journey, dude. When you get to the destination, I'll be there. Yeah. He's like, oh, I see you, you know, broken, ungodly, rebellious sinner. I'm going to come meet you and journey with you. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those, uh, we have to remember that not having answers and things like that is a is a part of our relationship with God and a yes. part of us trying to live authentically and, and things like that. But it's, yeah, there's a, a and, and that's where it's maybe like knowing the questions that matter and seeing the landscape of the, pic, like systematic theology, like what's the picture we're trying to fill in? What are the, mm-hmm. you know, the things that are up for questioning is important otherwise we might get to like our expected chapter one page one like god is love yeah and be like oh i could get lost in this for 10 years (laughs) 
you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, I mean, it's a sort of intro. I mean, we're starting to get into the like the how. Yeah. So we we should finish off the the what questions. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Because I, I want to throw my two cents in on the what's. It's really similar. Like, what's, who are we, and yeah. who's God? I think a big part of it, especially in our culture, is we, when we talk about who we are, what our life's about, we so often talk about the sort of narrative arc of what we're pursuing and why. Yeah. And so understanding the narrative arc of the what the Bible says about what God's pursuing and why and humans are then given a role in that story to be something and pursue something alongside God. Mm. So I think that's a huge one. Um, But the other one, I think, is just it's a twist on what you said about understanding God. So um, the Trinity and the Incarnation always come in the foreground for me. Yeah. Because I think, you know, in the Incarnation, you've got God, uh, like one of the persons that is God, actually expressing himself fully through the form of humanness yeah and it's like well that's when it says like god made humans to image himself to the world it's like oh so this is really similar thing and yeah between genesis chapter 2 and the new testament there's a hot mess of humans (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah not you know (laughs) like okay so uh you know I'm I'm getting ideas about what God's like by seeing these crackpot humans, you know, try to be his image bearers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel like the incarnation always, it's like a reset button in yeah. a way. So it's such a foundational thing. Like, I'm going to understand humanness by looking really carefully at Jesus. Yes. But then ironically also, because he's the perfect human, he's the perfect image which means he's also like God's highest, most perfect communication of what his deity is. Yeah. So I get to answer loads of the what, what's God like questions by looking at Jesus as well. And that, so I think that's probably the primary, that would be my, uh, you know, what's the go square Yeah. for me. I think that's often like the square one of the board. But then the Trinity comes in to complicate it where I'm like, oh, yep. but hang yeah. on. This God fella is actually three three people yeah. um, who all align, but all have like distinctions. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm like, oh, God's love or God does this or just the expectations of God's activity and actions has this complexity to it that if I only look at Jesus, I'm going to miss out on some stuff. Yeah. So I feel like that's often square two for me. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are really key because. In order to talk about God, we have to, the question instantly comes up of like, well, who are we to even think that we can reason about God? Like there's instantly this uh, obvious, uh, and this is why it goes ethereal so fast, right? Is that there's this obvious creator creature distinction sort of thing that it's like, it's kind of nerve wracking to, to speak about God, especially if you're going to speak confidently. Um, but Jesus is who makes that possible is he's the f- full revelation yeah. of who God is and in a human form. Um, it, it, like there, so that's kind of like a necessary starting point, but just like you said, yeah, the yeah. whole Trinity thing does then instantly ask, force you to ask some complicated yeah. questions about how to think rightly, even about the incarnation. So yeah, that's a, that's really good. 
And it's interesting, like what you're saying, it's part of that humility of like, what's the character, how does theology breed character in us? Like there's a humility in, you know, I, I want to, I want to think your thoughts, God, yeah. you know, see your reality the way you, it is. You're not my image of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the complexity of this all is that, you know, God can say I'm unsearchable. Like my wisdom is so deep that you'll never fathom it. But at the same time, he can invite us to search him and know him and even expect us be like, Hey, I've told you, I've shown you like, you should know this stuff. So we're not supposed to have an attitude of, well, God's just like, man, who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we're also not supposed to have the attitude of like, well, if I think about it hard enough, I'll just, I'll get all the answers and be done with this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like in between those two um, is where we sit. So, so what about the how, right? So I would, you know, I told the little story of like, oh yeah, I'll get this giant book and then just like read it. And because I'm a peculiar person, I enjoyed doing that, mm-hmm. but I would not recommend that as <laughs> like the way forward. Yeah. So th- I think there's a, I mean, you mentioned the church. So I think we could talk a bit about like the college and how so like things mm-hmm. we have going on um or or even things we want to see going on that like example what the hell looks like yeah but i'm acutely aware at the moment like we've had nearly a year where we haven't had a class because of so many restrictions and it's just practically not feasible so this is sort of what's the covid how yeah of if you're like that's a good point that sounds cool like i enjoyed listening to the last half an hour i want to act on it Mm mm-hmm the how might be a little different right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one place to start in asking the how-to is just thinking about what are the sources by which we can do theology. This will be one of those things that I'll talk with the students about, for instance, of like, okay, you're seeking to do theology on your own. Be more responsible in the fact that you are going to necessarily think theologically. So what's the best way to do that in a responsible way? And it starts with those sources. And I, I think... Um, immediately a four kind of historically uh, thought of sources uh, which are usually linked together in something called the Wesleyan quadrilateral um, of thinking through the fact that scripture, which is kind of the the source by which we do theology, and necessarily so because even if you want to say, well, I thought you just said Jesus is the means of thinking and asking and, and seeing the revealed Father, well, yes, but how do we know about Jesus but through Scripture? So, yeah. w- Scripture that brings in another side of the quadrilateral, <laughs> which brings us nicely on to... Yeah, which <laughs> then the other three sources are the kinds of means that we think through Scripture, which would be like tradition um, and wh- what is the church uh, thought about? How is yeah, it Yeah, so by tradition, we don't mean like, oh, you're the kind of church that lights candles and swings incense around. Yeah. We mean what's the church discovered and passed on yeah, because we're not entering into a theological conversation from scratch each mm-hmm. time we do this. Yeah, we, you know, we stand on the shoulders of the community we're a part of. Yeah, and we don't give it equal weight to scripture, but it does certainly help us in thinking through. Well, this is how the church has always reasoned through th- these difficult yep. passages of scripture since. You know, uh, the one would be like you start with some of the early creeds or councils. Um, this is how they've always thought about the Trinity since or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, which then the way they came to those things were through reason and 
experience, which would be the other two uh, primary kind of sources. Um, you have to use reasoning skills and, and think logically about these things. And you can ask just the questions that, uh, you know, if you've taken a logic course or something like that, what are the questions that you would ask to think through something and reason through something in those ways? And then experience, like you're, you're, the things that you are experiencing are going to necessarily change and affect the yeah. the questions that you ask. And experience a big box because experience includes like, oh, I'm praying and I feel like, like God's stirring in my heart this question or yeah. to think about this or to pursue this line of thought or, you know. So that's where it joins back up to the, oh, well, we know Jesus through the scripture, but also... Yeah, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the truth about Jesus to us. And yep. So, yeah, all comes full circle and joins up in a nice and tidy quadrilateral. Yeah, I don't know why it's not called a square. I'm not have you sure ever thought that's weird? I haven't. It is like it's strange. <laughs> yeah, like theologians wanted to seem posh. They're like, oh, we could call it a square, but you know, that's boring. Let's call it a quadrilateral. Yeah, it doesn't like help with the whole like technical. people think of theology as this like really head in the clouds thing. Calling it a quadrilateral yeah. doesn't help with that. <laughs> But it's it's interesting because I think, especially our church culture, um, you know, the Bible, we've got a really high value on like respecting and honoring and the authority of the Bible. And, um, you know, you could have the best reasoning and experience in the world. But if someone came along and showed you like, hey, I think the Bible says something different, mm -hmm. we're always going to stop in our tracks and be like, oh. Well, hang on a second, you know. Yeah. Whereas it's going to be a lot easier for if I'm, you know, studying the scriptures and then I bump into an experience where, you know, I'm like, oh, that felt weird Yeah. to, you know, keep moving forward. So mm -hmm. the maybe priorities are different. Yeah. But it's also interesting because, I, you know, I've, I've taught a lot of students these sorts of courses. You've had lots of these conversations as well. Yeah, you know, sometimes people are like, well, isn't just, isn't isn't the bible enough you know can't yeah. we, can't we just if we're talking about the sources like the things we need to do theology isn't enough and it's interesting because it it just reminds me of an another way of answering our first question of what theology is so you know the bible like god has f fully expressed like immovable truths you know they're immovable because they they point to aspects of reality that are not going to change just because our perspective they are what they are god is who he is historically he did what he did and he's going to do what he's going to do yeah um but since i'm not the apostle paul for example and not the spirit of god you know those ways of expressing those truths are always at a distance from my particular storyline. And there might be loads of crossover and similarities, but there's always a gap. Yeah. And so sometimes I think theology is the sort of art of taking the immovable truths and almost translating them. So all of a sudden, the concepts I use to live my life, to see my world, to, to feel, think, desire, make intentions, you know, all these things we do, the apparatus sort of, soulishly psychologically that i have within myself to do those important things um i i need to know how the truths expressed in scripture connect to all those levers and pulleys inside of 
inside of me. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a there's a work of translation there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting one because as I know the Bible and the culture of the Bible better, actually changes me and I my I say my insides that all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just mentioned it can start to reflect some biblical culture, but it's always going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to be Richard, not Paul, yeah. no matter what culture. And so, yeah, theology is it's a way of sort of asking questions to to help bridge that gap as well, which is interesting. And it's interesting because as culture changes, you know, every generation you know, it changes so fast to take the truths of scripture and translate them into the sort of cultural milieu yeah. of where the mission of God is pushing the envelope is an ongoing task. Yeah. So also in the same way, there's this humility of like, well, I need to do theology all the time because it's, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could do it a lifetime and it'd just be a drop in the ocean of what there is to realize. Mm-hmm. But it also has to do with mission. Like because culture is a moving target, and theology is trying to in, engage and purify and speak into that moving target, theology is always going to be an ongoing work as well. Yep. So, yeah. and, and that's sort of half daunting, half exciting. Yeah. Uh, but more on the exciting side when you remember the grace of like it's okay because Jesus is leading this church and mission and the theology conversation. Yeah. And this, he you know the spirit wrote the scriptures and so pressure's off me yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so it's, it's like high responsibility low pressure yep yeah <laughs> and that's and that's so important uh, thinking through the culture piece because that it, like you know that started with the well isn't scripture enough and the answer is uh maybe a hesitant yes like absolutely it's enough but at the same time no one's going to read scripture without that own social location and cultural lens mm-hmm. that they're bringing to the table. And it, it would be dangerous to pretend or lie to yourself and tell yourself that you are going to read it unbiased from those places because it's when you do that that you don't realize that you're placing something in scripture from your bias because you haven't recognized it to be able to check it. And then that's also why you do it with what I've called tradition, but it's really just with the community of the church and saying tradition is a way of bringing in not just the church that you're a part of or the church that is going on in the world today, but the church that has been going on since it was instituted at Pentecost in Acts 2. Like this is a way of reading in a vast community across all time and across all cultures for those checks and balances that as we naturally read scripture in our own social location and our own cultural bias we have those checks and balances of other cultures and other times and other social locations to say well okay but i reading scripture asking these same questions these are the things i've come to and so we're able to have a conversation with each other and 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 help apply and translate into our culture more readily and uh and more uh, rightly or you know just again with those checks and balances yeah yeah it, I mean, you just mentioned community or maybe not the word, but the concept like yeah. four times in a row. So that yep. just stood out to me as like, that's another part of the how. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like the stereotypical, like, oh, you love theology. So you love like smoking a pipe, sitting in a wingback <laughs> leather chair, reading books all the time. And yeah, yes, like yeah. 
those two may go together sometimes, <laughs> but that, it doesn't have to look like that. Mm-hmm. Like, because it is, it's just an aspect of discipleship. So it shouldn't be done alone. So that's yeah. part of the humility again, is like to explore deep, complicated questions and try to like search the scriptures and tradition and reason and experience and pull it all together is a huge thing. And we're invited to do it as a group. It's a group effort. Yeah. And so when we try and do it by ourselves, that's when you're like, you know, the one person on the team that won't let anyone else join in and is trying to do the team project yourself. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go that well. Mm-hmm. You might kill yourself. And it may belie a bit of, like, the, something missing in the attitude. Yeah. Like, uh, the realization of what it, what it ought to be. And so I think that community thing is huge. But I think the community's got to... Um, we got to consider like that broadly because we might have like some friends we always talk to and love nerding out like we love talking Mm -hmm. about god love talking about like what we're finding in the scriptures and that's awesome that's doing theology yeah but as a part of our community we've got people who are you know they might have explored a question that we're starting to get into for their whole life and have written five books about it yep and so if someone's devoted you know, large portions of their life to like mapping it out to help others navigate the same question. I want to avail myself of those parts of my community as well. Yeah. So it's a it's a mixture of like I think there's a reason why as people get this vision for theology, they do tend to want to like go find some of those specialist voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can't just be I'm going to read all the specialist voices and not talk to anyone. Yeah, in exactly. my life. Yeah so it can be discipleship and formative so it's a bit of a both and yeah. there and and it's interesting as well when you think of the specialist voices like i think i mean you know we mentioned books a few times but these days for so many people their specialist voices are podcasts they listen to or something like that yeah and there's some great podcasts out there but some of them you know there's a tendency and i, I think we have this as a part of our podcast sometimes of like yeah we talk about the questions that are like the hot topics mm-hmm the, the things that culture is talking about. And that's a really good thing to do. But if your diet of specialist voices is only hot topic questions, you can end up thinking that like questions like, you know, how big should the church be? What does the Bible say about LGBTQT? Um, mm. You know, uh, is hell real? You know, like that those are the core questions. Yeah. And it's interesting. None of the things you and I mentioned as like, what are the big things were hot topic questions yeah and so as that's where i'm like really conscious that just given the resources that are available to us sometimes a class at a church like a discipleship group or like something like that or going and pursuing some books that you know are trying to lay a foundation might that might be where you can get some of those things we're talking about like i'm not aware there probably is one I'm sure I just haven't looked, but there's not going to be as many podcasts that are like, man, we just nerd out about the incarnation every week. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep, yeah. Maybe we should start one. That'd be awesome, actually. But <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's just a, it's a way of being like, I'm, I'm imagining that student that I've always had in every theology class I've always taught that like hates reading books mm-hmm. and being like, dude, I'm sorry given where human beings have put the resources, there's no escaping the fact that reading's going to be a part of this. Yep. Yeah. So if you don't like books, I'm sorry. If you do like books, 
awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and I think a couple a couple things. One, I think even w- what you mentioned there between hot topics and then some of these other like maybe nerdy questions or whatever that don't. Uh, yes, they're detached, but I think even our desire to only go after the hot topic questions as they are immediately asked in a kind of controversial way almost yeah. or something like that. Um, and thinking that that's where we want to go and not wanting to do the other things because they don't seem relevant, I think implies something about what we really think about those questions. It again imply it, it kind of implies that we don't think that those are important because it we assume that it has, well, those are the head in the clouds questions, not the feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. But as we start to think about that and, and try and pull those questions down, it helps us actually get our feet on the ground a little more rooted so that when those controversial and hot topic questions come pushing at us, we have a firmer ground to stand yeah. on from some of these other questions yeah. that really lie underneath the hot topic yeah. questions. So that's also one reason why it's important. And with the reading thing, if you don't like reading, you don't have to start with the 1500 page. Uh, yes. There are there are little shorter introdu- <laughs> introduction books on theology that uh, are written at a much more understandable level um, and uh, you know, aren't a guy who's been 40 years in his career and mm-hmm. forgotten how to write at a level that isn't to yeah. his colleagues. And you might not even read it in one sitting. Yeah, exactly. You might be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to read a chapter a month and think about it and see mm-hmm. where that, but I'm going to use it as a launch pad. Or, yeah. 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 And it's an exercise. I mean, it's, it's, you have to, it, it, reading might be hard now and not be enjoyable now, but as you start to read more, it becomes yeah. more and more enjoyable because you're better at it. It's interesting as well, like the controversial. That's a trigger word for a thought for me of like mm. we we do I think all of us feel like there might be a current events thing or, or think of like over this year where you know the church was provoked to re-examine um, what voice the church had in public discourse and politics and vice mm. versa you know like um, so those controversial topics they threaten us. Yeah, they make us feel threatened, and so we want to have answers to hot topics to help ourselves feel safe. Yeah, and well, yes and no. I want to like affirm like that's a natural thing, and there's some goodness to that. But it can get out of control. It can turn into like a pride filled. I just want to be the person in the room that everyone looks at and thinks, "Oh, you're right," yeah. or "You've got an answer to everything." So it can be unhealthy as well. But the irony of it is the way that we're going to feel secure and be secure when the next controversy comes is by actually investing in the foundational things. Yeah. And if you only invest in a bunch of hot topics and you never build the foundations, you're going to be someone who's easily threatened or rocked or shaken yeah. as questions come, which gets to the whole questions are going to come. Are you prepared? How do you be a prepared person to give answers? Yeah. Yeah, which is huge. Um, okay, what's, I mean, you're doing the class, so yeah. you've, got, you've got to have some hot tips on, like, what are some good books to, if you're like, okay, I love this, I'm going to get an Amazon right now. Yeah. So, to start, depending on where you're at, if you feel uncomfortable diving into any sort of theological work because you just don't even know, like, oh, that's a whole new language, I don't even know how to... Um, work through ideas as they're given to me like that. I would say the first book to, if, if, if that's where you're at, the first book to start with is a, a new one called um, How to Read Theology for All It's Worth, 
which is a part of a kind of for all it's worth series, which is how to read the Bible for all it's worth, how to read the Bible book by yeah. book. And which all if that you've been around church for a while, you'll recognize that as that was an all time classic. Yeah. How to read the Bible book was amazing. Yeah, yeah this exactly. is a twist on that. And so she's uh, the author uh, there, uh, Karen Statina, um, is going to just help you think through what are the tools to read theological works and engage with their arguments and think rightly about them and how to maybe you pick up the wrong one. How are you going to chew the meat and spit out the bones sort of thing on on certain works as well? Um, So that's a good place to start if that's where you're at. Um, if you're like, uh, I don't need that. I've already started engaging with some theological works and I feel comfortable with the language and engaging with ideas like that. Um, I think the best, um, that I've come across so far, really easy to read, um, very practical and thinking about it from a discipleship point of view and a, a spiritual practice point of view is, uh, the book that I'm requiring the students to read, which is by Beth Felker Jones. Um, and it's called Practicing Christian Doctrine, an Introduction to Thinking and Living Theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, a professor of theology at Wheaton College, um, and uh, she's a, kind of e- an evangelical uh, theologian, kind of broadly speaking, um, if that means anything to you. Um, and, and yet she's also going to be thinking with uh, thinkers from other Christian traditions and, and just trying to learn broadly um, and she's going to introduce you to all the those kind of major chapters of the theology that you would think through. She's going to walk through all those, but really help you to think through what are the most important questions and how are those practical and help you in your discipleship toward living like Jesus. Um, so those are the two that I think are uh, really important, uh, good books to read on That's thinking cool. theologically. I'm going to recommend one. It's a little older but it's one I always used to use for these type uh, classes. Uh, it's by Alison McGrath, and it's called Theology of the Basics. Mm. And it's a short book, like short paperback. Um, the interesting thing it, about this one is it just hits on like some big topics like Trinity, heaven, you know, Jesus, things like that. Uh, but it takes a really broad brush apo- approach of letting you know like across history and across different traditions like how have people explored these questions so it's the sort of book i think it's really short and accessible but i think it's really good at inspiring you to you know get interested in a new way in some questions so it's a good sort of thought-provoking book without being hundreds and thousands of pages long yeah um, so that's a really good one uh i the other thing um, I think is sometimes, you know, we talked about systematic theology, which tends to be much more like a book where each chapter picks up a piece of the jigsaw puzzle, examines it in details, mm. talks about how it connects to the last piece, and then picks up another. And it's quite slow, painstaking work. I actually fell in love with a lot of theology by learning about it more as a like storyline of, of a sort of history story. Mm of how Christians developed in their understanding and came up with questions and then answered it, but that led to the next question. And yeah. I, I like the narrative of that. And I especially like um, the sort of early church history um, yeah. of those things. And so, yeah, I'm going to pop 
there's a, a a book I think it's called Introduction to Christian Theology by Bernard Lozer. It's like a, quite an mm. old book, but it's one that I found to be the most readable. Mm. It's not very up to date, but I'll see if I can find a better one. But for some of you who are like, man, don't give me something to read that sounds like a textbook. Give me something with some storyline in it and some characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a great way to explore the questions as well. So mm-hmm. there's another hot tip. All right. That's good. I think that's enough. Our time is up. We overshot 45 minutes because I well. forgot to put the timer on. But there we go. <laughs> so we hope hope you enjoyed it. And you know what? We've got classes at AJC College. Yeah. It's hard at the moment, but like auditing a class and coming and joining in is a thing you can reach out to us and it's only a matter of time we just keep praying for the tide to turn things to get safer and we're going to be able to do some more stuff in person which we're excited about and yeah explore these questions together all right have a great week everyone Bye. thanks for listening to this episode of the house of learning podcast This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, Go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.